0: This is George Vulgaris from Tech Talk Central. We are at the Mozilla booth, uh, down at Hall 3 at uh, the MWC. I'm with uh, Jonathan Nightingale, uh, Vice President of Firefox. Hello, Jonathan.
1: Hi, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: You want to tell us a few more things about your background?
1: Sure, I've been with Mozilla for about seven years. And and when I started, I was actually an engineer on Firefox desktop, which is how most people know us, the, the web browser that we build for mm-hmm. Windows, Macintosh, and Linux machines. But of course, in the last five years, so much of the web has gone so rapidly towards mobile that we've not only started bringing browsers into places like we've got Firefox for Android now, um, but obviously at a show like this, we're largely talking about Firefox OS, which is our new web-based mm. smartphone operating mm-hmm. system.
0: Indeed, and uh, that actually brings me to my next question. So, what's the big news? I mean, we're—it's been one year since the announcement, so we, we hear about new devices and uh, uh, new uptake. So. What's new with Firefox OS?
1: There's, there's really three things new that I'd say. So, the first one is, as you say, last year we came here. You know, we had a booth at MWC. Uh, we had phones that you could play with, but no human being had ever bought one. You know, mm-hmm. we hadn't brought these to market to see yes. if people would respond. So, the first piece of news we have this year is that we did what we said we would do. The last year we said we were mm-hmm. going to bring this into multiple countries. We said we were going to partner well. Now we've brought it, we've launched Firefox OS devices in 15 different countries, we've worked with multiple operator partners, multiple manufacturers, and that's a big deal. I think that um, anytime somebody comes to Mobile World Congress and says, hey, we have a new idea, we're going to bring this new smartphone OS to the world, it's easy to get excited about it, but you really want to see results. And so the first thing we had to come back with in 2014 was, hey, we we did the work, we brought it to market, and and saw a great deal of success in Latin America and Eastern Europe. Uh, many of our launches sold out, so we're getting the hands into the people into people's hands uh, and seeing the response. The the second piece, as you mentioned, is that when we talked about a number of new devices. You know, Alcatel One Touch. Uh, they understand that while our focus at Mozilla is really on Emerging markets. How do we bring these devices to the, the next two billion people that are coming online very quickly, and that frankly can't do it with an eight hundred dollar smartphone? Uh-huh. Alcatel One Touch understands that um, the web scales up very well too. So they're demoing a range of devices that include some you know really mid market smartphones. They're they're stylish, they're modern, they've got larger screens, faster processors. They've even got a concept with Firefox OS running on a tablet. The interesting thing about being the kind of open platform that we are is that uh, people can pick it up and do surprising things with it. So we mm-hmm. can say, you know, our focus is on emerging markets right now, but many partners can come along and say, well, we're going to take it to a tablet. What do you think about that? And uh, we've seen really encouraging results. We've even had uh, smart TV manufacturers saying, hey, let's use this as part of our television. Mm-hmm. Um, the third piece of news, though, the one that I think's gotten a lot of attention at MWC is our partnership with Spreadtrum, they're a chip manufacturer based in Shanghai. Um, and in collaboration with them, we've produced the plans for a $25 smartphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's $25 U.S. dollar, and uh, that's, that's transformative. That's not something that's been possible historically. And when we talk about these next 2 billion people and, and what their needs are and what their economic flexibility is... for for an actual smartphone experience with apps, with a marketplace, with a a high-functioning web browser, that's that's simply never been possible before, and we're really excited to talk about it.
0: mm -hmm. So speaking of of low-end handsets targeting developing and emerging markets, I think there are two other uh, related news items. Uh, one is, the, of course, the, new, the Nokia, the new Nokia device is uh, Nokia X with uh, Android, uh, and uh, I think the other one is um, uh, Facebook's announcement, well, not exactly an announcement, strategy, okay, trying to get, like, free devices and fr- free internet, like, everywhere, all around the world. So, well, let's start with Nokia. How disruptive do you think is that move? How much do you think this affects the low-end market, and what is, what is Firefox's, uh, Mozilla's uh, position in that?
1: Well, the first thing i 'd say is that it 's clear that you know the the language that mozilla's using, the approach that we 're taking around uh, emerging markets around reaching these next two billion people, um, other people have have caught on to that as well. so I think you, you see it with Nokia, you see it with a lot of people here talking about how they 're going to push down the price of their devices and and reach a, a broader population, people who have never maybe come into contact with the internet before, touching it for the first time. Nokia's device in particular, I haven't gotten a lot of chance to play with it. Mm. It's a bit confusing for me, only because whenever we've seen Android try to go to very low-end devices, um, I've I've seen struggle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And... In Nokia's case in particular, of course, I, I can't speculate about how difficult it's going to be within a Microsoft organization to be uh, running uh, Android devices, but uh, certainly it feels like their road's going to be a challenging one for the next couple of years. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, in general, though, I think it's healthy to see that that price pressure. I think it's healthy to see the the innovation of companies around the world trying to find ways to go lower. Uh, one of the things I like about the work we're doing at, uh, at Mozilla is that Firefox OS, because it comes from the web, and the web started on very modest machines, you know, my first uh, desktop PC that I was using the web on 15 years ago is much, much less powerful than today's $25 smartphone. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that technology advantage to be able to go that low, to be able to run on very affordable hardware is something that's quite difficult for some of these other smartphone platforms that began their life as very high-end consumer devices, for them to, to shave pieces off and try and shrink and shrink and shrink, um, I think is going to be very challenging for them. But I'm, I'm happy to see that other people recognize the value of, of reaching these people.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, talking of, of platforms, I mean, and comparing Firefox OS and perhaps Android or Microsoft or everything else. So, this is there has been this ongoing like platform war that we've been talking for the last few years, but um, we see this gradually transforming into, into an, an ecosystem work, basically, as, as uh, platforms and companies realize the value of the ecosystems and the ecosystems' economics, if you want, which are quite different from the traditional uh, type of business. So one of the trends that I noticed in this MWC is uh, the, the, the sudden explosion of developer programs and hackathons and everyone and their and their grandchildren trying to do a, a developer program and attract developers. So what's what's Mozilla's take, but also what is your personal sentiment in terms of all those developer programs? Do you think there are it well, do you think they're successful? Do you see? Do you think they understand what the real value and what the real aim behind that is?
1: You know, in a, in a lot of ways, it reminds me uh, about a decade ago, uh, we had platform wars, right? And they were between Windows and Macintosh. Yeah. And it was the same story about how many developers can I get in Windows? How many developers can I get in Mac? Oh, that piece of software that I want is only available on Mac, so when I go to my work PC, I don't get to have it anymore, It's frustrating. It's, it's hard as a consumer to not be able to take your data with you. Um, it's hard as a developer to have to learn two different skill sets, to have to port all of your code back and forth. And, and the way we solved that 10 years ago was that the web won. Right, The web is the, is the universal language. And so any time someone was fighting against being locked into one platform or another, more and more we saw that those, those companies, even those individuals, would take their innovation, would take their new ideas, and they'd build them for the web first. Mm-hmm. And for much of the early 2000s, we just took that for granted, that if there was new software, if there was new services available, of course you'd find it through the web. Uh, and then the smartphone industry emerged over the last five to seven years, uh, and suddenly we're back in a story where if you buy apps on one platform, they don't work on another one, and if you're a developer, you've got to build your same app three times, um, and and many people will come to us and say, how do you expect to be the third smartphone OS? How do you expect to be the fifth platform that developers are targeting? And, and we remind them. The web is not the fifth platform. The web is the first platform. It predates all of these, and you already see it. Even within uh, iOS and Android stores, if you peel back the cover on a lot of those apps, you'll find that it's the web underneath. They've, been, they've got a, a veneer. They've got a skin that is, you know, Android native or iOS native. But I remember a couple of years ago, Mark Zuckerberg made the, made the point that uh, m.facebook.com, their mobile website, gets far more traffic than all of their native apps put together. Mm-hmm. Because of course it does. Because the one thing that every smartphone has is a web browser because that's where all the content is Mm -hmm. so i think encouraging developers to innovate and explore the mobile space and understand it that's great seeing all these hackathons of course we like we're an open source project we we love to see engineers engaging with difficult problems um but i think the platform wars are going to end up the same way they did last time that uh, you can't fight the web and win that that consumers want universal access. Developers want universal access and there's only one platform we've ever built Mm -hmm. that reaches all devices and and that's the web. Mm -hmm.
0: So uh, apparently one of the most important parameters for the developers is how easily they can monetize their app, right? There has been a lot of discussion, a lot of criticism in terms of uh, iOS being more profitable for developers, although it has a smaller market share at the moment. Uh, So what does uh, Mozilla do to help developers commercialize and monetize their apps?
1: Well, the first thing we want to do is get out of the way. Right? I think one of the challenges you have when you're monetizing through the iOS or and the Android App Store is the set of rules that are provided in terms of how you're allowed to do that. Right, If you want to be in the Play Store, in-app purchases have to go through uh, Google services. I understand why Google would do that. They're trying to control their ecosystem. Right, I understand it for Apple as well. Mozilla's a nonprofit. Our job is to make the web a better place. We don't need to follow the same strategy of control that other platforms might. And so uh, while we do offer a marketplace, on every Firefox OS device there's the Firefox marketplace and it's an app store very much like you would recognize, it's curated with categories people can submit. Um, We also encourage developers to find their own ways of experimenting in the space. I think that's one of the things that really holds developers back when they're told, here are the three ways you're allowed to make money. that really confines them. And being able to say, yes, we'll give you the distribution that the marketplace can offer. Yes, we'll give you the promotion. Um, We can work with our operator partners, for instance, on finding a, a local shelf so that, you know, when we launch in a particular geography, we can say, here are the applications that make sense to you. But we can also say to our app authors, go experiment. If you want to use our payment services, that's great. If you don't, find your own way to monetize, right? Which again, is exactly what we've seen on the web for the last 10 years. A great deal of, of creativity and fluidity and innovation moving very quickly because nobody was getting in the way. And mm-hmm. that's, that's our goal here.
0: So, I mean, talking about platforms and ecosystems and, and disruptions, so another uh, trend that has been going on for the last few years, but it's now probably peaking or reaching its peak, It's the I don't want to call it the IoT, but the fact that we have, connected devices everywhere, from uh, wearables, cars, homes, cities, uh, and, and, of course, most importantly, the so-called big data behind them. I also don't fully agree with the term, but, <laughs> okay, let, let's stick to that for the sake of the of the conversation. So, uh, apparently, we have um, a lot of cross-sections between industries. We have a lot of uh, under-the-radar uh, potential for, for disruption and for entering new markets. So, it seems to me that Mozilla is, is positioned very well given that we're talking about a web open, if you want, platform. But, but please do let me know if there is any specific strategy or uh, what is Mozilla's positioning in terms of this sudden broadening of what we consider as a connected universe if you want
1: right i think what we've learned since the beginning is not to assume that we have all the answers right Mm -hmm. one of the the strengths of firefox on the desktop when it came out was that we had a community of people working with us innovating with us and saying hey here's places where we can be better here's places where we can do something different than other people have And it's the same with uh, Firefox OS. You know, when I said earlier that we've been surprised to find people coming to us and saying, "Hey, we, we needed a, an apps ecosystem for our smart televisions, and so we just we just took your code and we put it on the TV. Do you want to see it? Right? Like that's that's surprising and delightful, and mm-hmm. and the creativity of of letting people loose to say, here's an engine. It can it can run what you need. It can run on on very low specs. Clearly, um go take it and be creative with it and know that you've got the power of the entire web developer community behind you if you develop interesting content. Um, that's been extremely potent for us, and, and we expect to see it continue. So when when Mozilla is speaking in terms of where are we are focusing our engineering resource, it's very much around we're bringing smartphone devices to emerging markets. That was our focus in 2013. You're going to see it from us again in 2014. but. The technology behind it is, is open to the world to experiment mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm.
0: So that was great. Jonathan, thank you very much for your time and the information. My pleasure. So that was Jonathan Nightingale, uh, Vice President of Firefox for Mozilla. This is George Vulgaris for Tech Talk Central. Please follow us at MWC, hashtag TTC.